Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Um, For today's podcast, we're very kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast this morning. Good morning, Jonathan. Pleasure to be back. So just before we get into the podcast today, I just want to make everybody aware of an event, a virtual event that we have um, coming up next Thursday, the 18th of February. Um, There is going to be an IPO of Mast Energy Developments in the coming weeks. And we're going to be joined by Louis Coetzee, who is the non-executive chairman of Mast Energy Developments. He also heads up Kibo Energy. Um, Mast Energy Developments is currently a unit of Kibo Energy, but their IPO will see some changes there. Um, particularly exciting company. Um, it's going to be focusing on the transition um, from fossil fuels towards cleaner energies. And it's really there to shore up the grid as that transition goes through um, with a reserve power um, network of of plants here in the UK. So be sure to uh, to check that out in the notes to the the podcast. There will be a link through to our events page where you can sign up to that. So, um, Alan, let's um, let's kick things off today with looking at the FTSE 100. um, And we'll be discussing... Uh, the last few weeks um, that the Reddit shares such as GameStop and, you know, that seems to have died down now. They, they seem to have sold off um, and moved back to more sensible valuations. Um, but, you know, since that's happened, we've actually seen the, the FTSE 100 quieten down to some extent. We've been um, really range bound um, so far this week and, and the end of uh, uh, last week, just bobbing around above 60, 6,500. I mean, Alan, in, in your opinion, what's going to get this this market moving? I mean, we, we're seeing um, all-time record highs over in the US, um, but it's somewhat lacklustre here in, in the UK and London's leading index. Why, why do you think that is? Well, I, th- I think we've seen uh, comments, obviously, from uh, um, the government about... Um, People not booking holidays uh, going forward. So, of course, I think the um, with the the uh, COVID uh, vaccinations progressing as well as they have been, there were expectations that um, we would get back to some semblance of normality. But the the uh, UK government does seem to have put the dampeners on that somewhat by advising people not to book their holidays either at home or abroad until until more is known about it. So, positive. Uh, noises on on the one hand, and then on the other hand, we're 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 getting sort of uncertainty filtering back into the market um, because people are being discouraged from building from booking holidays, and of course that has a huge knock on effect throughout um, the air the, the airports, the travel industry, uh, cruises, um, and of course the hotel industry industry too. So, um, um, so 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 probably they should have couched that in slightly more specific terms. But um, I think that's probably the primary reason why we're not seeing the markets move at the moment, John. So, I mean, if, if you're a UK in, investor, I mean, it is the, 
Um, the rollout of the, the vaccine, is that key to your equity holdings here in London? Or do you think that's largely being priced into markets now and, and really people are going to be looking for the next catalyst in markets? And, and what, Alan, do you think that could be? Well, I've long said I did a really good, well, um, I had a really good interview with uh, uh, Paul Johnson, Chief Executive of Power Metals, who you know well, um, last week. And we were, we, we recorded, um, in fact, we were on the, we were on uh, our studio app for getting on for two hours. And we, we were just chatting afterwards about, about the markets and what we saw as the drivers. And um Paul said, you know, very much we're seeing the, the revenge of the miners at the moment. You know, the, we're seeing um, demand in metals, um, uh, particularly precious metals, of course, and commodities um, are going to be the drivers for growth in the coming decade. Um, so, of course, that, that, uh, that it would, that, that, that's something I've long felt anyway. But I think, um, I think if you're looking for a sector that's going to continue to grow, I don't think there are any better opportunities currently than than in the the mid to small cap mining sector, particularly some of the micro caps with great projects that are, are just starting to come to come to fruition. Um, and uh, we talked about those, but but that that's probably where the, the the key catalyst is going to be. And then of course, once we get a little more certainty about when we can travel and. Um, I think we know the vaccines are being effective, and they are rolling up because everyone now knows somebody who's had who's who's had had uh, or received the vaccine. So, of course, it's now just a matter of time until it's done. Um, and then, of course, certainty on being able to travel, on being able to go abroad or travel in um, at home, um, lockdown being lifted. Then, I think the other sectors are going to be investable too. Alan, I mean, the you mentioned there commodities. Now, I mean, the the London Stock Exchange has been for for some time the destination for natural resource companies. I mean, here at UK Investor Magazine, we've been um, sort of exploring. I mean, the relationship between um, the, the growth in electric vehicles. I mean, of course, we've got in the United States, yeah. um, Tesla really really pushing on, and you know that's grabbing all that all the headlines. And of course, you know, there's companies like Neo out there um, in, in China and various other ones which are, you know, doing a similar sort of uh, uh, business there in developing electric vehicles. But I mean, when we're looking at the London markets, there's a huge exposure there to, to natural resources. And uh, in particular, one that we've been looking at is, is copper. And, you know, the demand for copper is going to explode as, yep. as we uh increase the number of uh, electric vehicles on our roads i mean do you think that we're, we're setting up now for a potential um super cycle in in natural resources and, and i mean does that really have the potential to take uh, the FTSE 100 with constituents like bhb billiton and rio tinto glencore anglo-american um to levels that we saw prior to the the pandemic the pandemic by itself or are we going to need an overall um economic um expansion to to take it up there well i think what we're seeing uh, with uh, we are going to see fallout of course from jobs we know that um that that is uh, i think to a large extent being priced in but uh, people will retrain as well and um 
that with the with this uh, super cycle in metals and mining uh, said to be in place as we believe for the next uh, 10 years or so people have got an opportunity to retrain and perhaps move into that sector but yeah of course the the big mining companies like the rios and the anglo-americans and the the uh, the billisons these are going to drive growth because um but but that growth is for them is going to come from the micro caps because we see we've seen on so many occasions we've seen joint ventures with uh the big mining companies uh change the fortunes and turn companies that were trading one year at five to between five and ten million pounds market cap um to in some cases over a billion market cap Greatland Gold is a very good example uh, um, in point there. Uh, GGP, the Epic Code, of course they they um, they have the, the or they located the Hararian Prospect in Australia and um, uh, struck a joint venture there with Newcrest Mining um, and Newcrest Mining. Uh, have, well, they've de- they've developed projects um, and uh, developed the mine, established a four point two million. Uh, ounce gold deposit is there. Uh, Grayland Gold own thirty percent of it now, and they have a market cap of over a billion. So um, that's what's going to happen. But of course, these projects are driving the valuations of the bigger companies to ever greater highs. So this is what we're going to see in terms of growth. The the smaller company, the success of the smaller companies in finding and bringing these projects um, to a point where they are that they can strike a joint venture with one of the big companies is going to drive their growth, which in turn will drive the the growth of the of the big players. So it's a very exciting time. Um, going to be we're going to see lots of activity over the next uh, over the next year um, in terms of this uh, in terms of these joint ventures. So um, uh, I, I do believe that will take up most of the slack in the FTSE hundred. Fantastic. So we've got three stocks that we're going to be discussing today, as usual. Um, and um, I think it's probably sensible to, to start off with um, a miner, um, which um, describes its activities as responsible mineral resource uh, investing. That's Cadence uh, Minerals. We've discussed them previously. But uh, I think, as we said, this is a company that has a strong pipeline of, of projects and um, it's constantly updating the uh, the market of its progress. So what's been the latest there, Alan? Well, it's been a very busy day for Cadence. So, I mean, the shares currently are up 20% on the day, um, giving Cadence a market cap of 28 million. Shares have traded as high as 21p on the year, um, as low as uh, uh, 2.8p, um, and uh, they're currently trading at 19 pence, um, for very good reason, I might add. So Cadence um, uh, is... It's a mining investment company uh, in that it's um, with uh, some projects it directly owns them or has ownership of the projects directly. Um, And in other cases, it invests into uh, or it owns shares in the company in the market. Uh, So so in that regard, it's an investor. So I'm going to quickly run through the projects. The flagship project is the Amapa Iron Ore Project in Brazil. Um, now this is a this is a, a mine that is uh, about to be recommissioned. It, it was owned by Anglo American that valued the um, uh, the Amapa Iron Ore mine at, at six hundred million dollars in two thousand and twelve on their books. Um, the the mine includes a railway which runs to the private port of Santana, um, 
where is sitting uh, a, a large pile of uh, iron ore tailings, uh, which are due to be shipped um, for for uh, for uh, to, to 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 steelworks and customers around the world. Um, now. The mine was in administration, um, and Cadence and Indosino, its joint partner, have gone through a number of uh, steps to release the mine or release the the the, the, the Amapa iron ore mine from administration. Um, they have permission now to to reopen the railway. They have undertaken a Jork uh, um, mineral resource estimate, and uh, the uh, the estimate. It, is, has now increased to um, increased by twenty uh, percent to uh, one hundred and seventy million tons. Um, in, in fact, I'll, I'll check those numbers in a second and uh, confirm back. Um, there are some sixty million of iron ore tailings to be shipped, and the company have today had permission um, to ship um, uh, ten million uh, or, or, or iron ore tailings that would generate a profit of ten million dollars. Um, in order that they can repay the creditors or start to repay some of the creditors from the mine that was in, was in administration and also invest some of those funds into the recommissioning of the iron ore mine and project. Now, that's just one project. So the potential value when it comes back to market and is recommissioned in a, in a couple of years, um, it's going to be generating um, EBITDA, um, anything up, to, anything around 130 to 140 million dollars per annum so uh, that alone set against a 28 million pound market cap gives you some idea of where we're at cadence has a a, a staged ownership um, uh, opportunity at amapa um, it currently owns 20 uh, percent it loan 20 percent once the agreement with the creditors is signed and ratified um, and this the step today um, has taken them right up to that point. Um, they they have not an option to then um, uh, invest further money to take them up to 27% and um, first refusal to take their stake up to 49%. So 49% uh, of, of this uh, project would result in EBITDA of, um, of, of around $70 million per annum, which gives you some idea of the potential there compared to um, the market cap, as I say, of 28 million. But that's just on a mapper. Um, there was also a development today. They have a joint venture with Bacchanor Lithium. And Bacchanor Lithium, of course, um, uh, raised uh, a large chunk of money last week, uh, enough to complete most of the works at the Sonora Lithium pro- Project in Mexico. And there are two concessions where uh, where um, Cadence has a thirty percent joint venture, Mexilit and Megalit, with uh, Bacanora in that area. And of course, today Bacanora announced that they were going to commence uh, works to build the mine at Sonora early. Um, and this is uh, th- this is going to be absolutely huge. Um, some thirty, some eight point eight point eight million tons of lithium uh, at the Sonora Lithium project. 30, expecting to uh, produce 35,000 tonnes per year um, and a mine life of 250 years. So, so again, a big, huge development there. Also, of course, um, uh, the uh, in terms of the stakes the company holds, it has uh, it holds shares in uh, in MacArthur Minerals. Um, it has 
it also has a stake in um, European Metals Holdings, which uh, own the uh, own the Sinovate Lithium project um, in uh, in in Prague, near to Prague in Czechoslovakia. Um, and this is a, a huge project which is set to be uh, the hub in Europe for the electric vehicle industry. Um, so I, I'm, I, I, could, I could spend a, a long time discussing all the different assets that Cadence has. Suffice to say, uh, uh, with that, the MacArthur Minerals Iron Ore Project in Australia, which is very similar to a mapper, the, they have a, a stake there, and the Yangibana Rare Earths Project in in uh, Western Australia, where they have two joint ventures there with the operator Hastings Technology Metals. There is a raft of, um, of projects offering great value, which individually uh, individually uh, will outstrip uh uh, the the market capitalization cadence currently trades that so um i was talking with the ceo earlier this morning and um uh, you know that there are various inflection points that uh, the company is due to reach over the next few months which uh, we we expect to see um the, the share price uh, uh move on and um start to reflect some of the value in these projects so, Alan, they, uh, of course, they, they make a highlight there of, of responsible investing uh, within the, uh, the the sector. And, of course, ESG is a, is a massive thing at the moment. I mean, how are they going about doing this? I mean, what what's their sort of process to ensure um, that any projects that they invest in is classed as responsible? Um, well, I think they're... I think the, the the investments they make. Um, I, I mean, a mapper is probably a, a, an iron ore um, uh, is uh, is is a commercial decision that uh, and a commercial opportunity that arose. But certainly, in regard to in regard to um, the uh, the lithium side of the business, the the rare earth side of the business, of course, uh, the projects they're investing in are going to be pairing. The new uh, industry. They're going to be powering the new battery industry, the new EV industry. So, um, in that regard, um, in that regard, they are they're investing into uh, clean energy in the future. So, so that that's the that's been the um, the, the mantra uh, up to this point. But um, but but I think uh, I, th- I think along with most of their peer com- peer group companies, they are evolving their their approach and their uh, the, the utilization of technology, and also the the manner in which they they approach uh, the process of um, of of examining, assessing, and then ultimately mining the the commodity from the ground. So um, the, uh, I'm, I'm sure the CEO could elaborate on that far better than I can. But um, but but uh, those are the steps they've taken to date. Fantastic, fantastic. So, as, as we as I said at the beginning, they've had uh, quite a strong news flow, and I do expect that to continue. So, I'm sure it's one that we're going to be discussing again in the not too distant future. So, we're going to move on now and, and touch on on a company that we we have also discussed previously on the podcast, um, but again is taking uh, a number of steps to change and evolve their business, and, and one of those. Um, steps has been to to change their name, Alan. So um, Logistics uh, Development Group, um, as it's now known as, formerly Eddie Stobart. Um, what's been the most recent developments there? 
Well, the most recent development uh, there has been the name change, Jonathan, which is uh, w- which was flagged up by the company uh, um, uh, 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 late last year. Um, the, the name change, of course, follows um, a, a, a placing an open offer uh, to com- to convert uh, Eddie Stobart Logistics into an investing company. Um, the 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 open offer. Um, and uh, placing was at, was at five p, and the shares are currently trading at fifteen point six p, giving the market the uh, the company market cap of one hundred and ten million. Um, but the that doesn't uh, that that really doesn't tell tell, tell the story. The um, the the companies raised this money to uh, to, de- uh, to to develop its uh, its key asset, which of course is the Eddie Stobar company. Um, that company is owned by Green White Star Acquisitions. It's the holding company. They also own iForce, Pallet Network, and Logistics People. Um, uh, p- people who follow this story will know, of course, that Eddie Stobart, um, uh, Eddie Stobart Logistics PLC, ran into some financial problems in 2000 and, uh, 2019, uh, the tail end of when um, uh, it, um, in the run-up to a takeover by Wincanton, a black hole was discovered in the accounts, which resulted in the company having to raise some money. They bought a company called D-Bay Advisors in, who scaled in with a £70 million investment at around 32 pence. Um, and, uh, of course, there was uh, the, um, the, 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 uh, the company was then restructured. We then had COVID. The company continued to trade uh, profitably, um, and this is a group that turns over a little short of a billion pounds a year. Um, but of course, in the haulage industry, uh, it's common to see uh, big turnover numbers and and uh, small EBITDA numbers. But um, in October last year, they the company reported half year results, revenues of four hundred and sixteen million, um, um, and the company said that it expects to. Uh, bring in a full year EBITDA number of at least 33 million sterling. Um, they've also shared loss-making contracts. They've started to uh, pay down uh, the debt pile substantially from profits that uh, that they're making. And also they've announced new contract wins with Morrisons, McBride, Hillbrand, Nike, Amazon, and, and so on. And of course, this was before the, the fundraising uh, uh, took place. So effectively now, Eddie Stobart, uh, the, the old Eddie Stobart Logistics or Logistics Development Group, owns 49% of the Eddie Stobart Group, which is turning over that sort of money. So um, with, a, with a market cap of $110 million and the company set to deliver EBITDA of at least $33 million on the year, I think this company is materially undervalued. And um, I, I, think, I believe once the full year numbers are uh, are announced, which will be um, which will be uh, early next month, I believe. Uh, then we will see we will see um, uh, the share price probably move back to around the thirty two pence mark, where DBA Advisors, of course, scaled in with their with their uh, investment. But um, the company has is of course the primary supplier of uh, logistics and transport to Tesco's uh, as well. So um, it, and throughout the the lockdown, of course, its uh, its um, its his business has continued to perform extremely well, and uh, uh, we expect further progress. And so does the chairman, by the way, um, uh, who's that they're expecting a, a great deal of progress during twenty twenty one. 
Yeah, so I mean, looking at the company there, um, roughly three times multiple of EBITDA um, does pose some value there, and probably one that is is worth looking at. Um, and as you've as you mentioned there, Alan, certainly in an industry uh, which is expanding um, with with the shifts that we're seeing in the consumer uh, behaviour, so a very interesting prospect there. I think there. Um, with the newly named Logistics Development Group. So, um, finishing off now, we have, we have a company. Anybody looking at the news, um, following markets at all, will be well aware of the sharp increase in Bitcoin uh, of late. Uh, of course, we had um, Elon Musk, um, well, Tesla uh, specifically, announcing that they bought $1.5 billion. Um, worth of uh, of Bitcoin and sort of looking at um, the most recent uh, price of Bitcoin. I think they're they're up a cool four hundred million or so on that already. Um, but there's of course uh, a number of companies listed here in London, uh, Alan, which uh, are involved uh, not only in Bitcoin but also in the technology behind Bitcoin. Um, in blockchain, and one of those companies is Coincilium. Um, what's the the latest update from them, and how have they been benefiting from this? Well, Coincilium have, have benefited tremendously, actually, and uh, I'll, I'll talk about their. Uh, they've um, th- they put out two announcements at uh, toward the end of January and um, a- and uh, a few days ago uh, regarding the the value of their. Their, their crypt, the, the, the cryptocurrency assets they currently hold. But um, first of all, just to give you a bit of background, um, Coincilium uh, currently, uh, the shares currently trading, uh, well, they're, they're, they're an Aquas traded company. Um, the shares are traded um, as high as, um, as high as uh, 7.5p, <coughs> excuse me, on the year, and uh, as low as, as 2p. Uh, currently, Trading as we speak at um, at five point six p, and that gives the company a market cap of um, of around uh, uh, of around uh, eleven million. Um, so, in fact, in fact, no, slightly less than that, uh, uh, um, eight million. So, um, so we so the company um, uh, was the first company to uh, or the first blockchain IPO on the Aquas Exchange, where it still trades in two thousand fifteen. Um, and uh, the company initially set out to be an investor into blockchain ventures. And um, there's quite a, there's a very detailed history that uh, you can read about blockchain. I'm not going to go. Uh, 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 sorry, the the, the uh, blockchain investments that Coincilium made. I'm not going to go into those now. I'm going to take the take the story from the from July last year, where as a result of a strategic review. Uh, Coincilium decided to realign itself um, and uh, become become a a, a company uh, that that uh, will build um, new ventures uh, in open finance and crypto finance. Um, at the same time, it also took the decision to offload uh, its portfolio of investments um, as it was, I, I think, really struggling to. Uh, get the get the valuation of, of those investments uh, reflected on its balance sheet, but um, there's no rush to offload the investments. Uh, it will do those at various stages uh, uh, throughout the year. So the company has moved to uh, Gibraltar uh, in preparation for these new transactions. Um, 
noting a strong growth in uh, decentralized finance and crypto finance opportunities. Um, the uh, it's it, it's basically become a, a focused uh, blockchain uh, de- de- decentralized finance and crypto finance venture operator. Um, so there are the, the company has uh, uh, um, a, jo- a joint venture agreement and investments with IOV Labs. Um, which has made a series of investments into um, uh, in, into uh, coin selling through the year, um, and uh, uh, as a result, IOV now holds thirteen point nine percent of um, of uh, of coin selling, um, and uh, the company has uh, the, the company has sufficient uh, funds now in the bank as a result of those investments through to January of twenty twenty two. So it's fully funded for all its activities uh, this year. <clears throat> um, also an agreement with a technical partner, Red, Red Fox Labs in Vietnam, to develop a range of digital um, and virtual assets in the marketplace using what are called non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Um, NFTs um, uh, are a means of um, uh, uh, providing a certificate of authenticity, giving proof of ownership for digital assets now these can take uh, many varied forms but to date they uh, the best examples are probably digital art and uh, you you can you can go online and uh, nonfungible.com gives some very good examples of how art and digital assets are selling and how they've been how the value has been realized and of course the you know the the with the blockchain technology behind it um Blockchain, of course, provides or creates an immutable record of any such transaction uh, and proof of ownership. Um, also notable that um, the there have been steps in developing NFTs uh, with uh, physical assets such as stamps. Um, the Austrian post office uh, pub, uh, uh, put out or, or launched a range, a limited edition range of stamps. Um, last year with a digital counterpart and those sold very well and as its first venture into non-fungible tokens uh, Coincilium is launching um, a, a similar series of uh, physical and stamps with a digital counterpart with the Gibraltar post office and that was announced uh, that was announced uh, late last year um, it, so it's it's an agreement with the Gibraltar Philatelic Bureau to give it its full title. So there are uh, Coincidium sees many opportunities uh, going forward uh, into 2021 to to dig- digitize and uh, create value in art collections, and uh, it, it, it's such a, neb- a nebulous area that uh, in terms of uh, the the possibilities and the range of different applications that uh, um, I think the the potential value uh, in the space is only just starting to be realised. Um, as for Coin Selling itself, um, the uh, the uh, crypto assets and the, the currency value it holds has also shot up in value too, which actually reflects a lot of the is reflected in a lot of the strong share price movement that we've seen with the company. Of course, the shares jumped up to ten p seven uh, p rather at the end of the year and have come back down and uh, are uh, are forming a floor around the five p level. I said they're trading at five point six p today. Um, in January, Coinstone uh, uh, noted that uh, cryptocurrency values um, uh, were sitting at uh, just over one half million dollars, 
Um, and the uh, Rift tokens, um, which are listed on Binance.com, uh, had also gone up 45% uh, in one month. Um, in an update in February, the, the value of those assets had, had risen to just under $2 million. I think Jonathan you know, reflected in the, the strong moments we've seen in cryptocurrency as well, uh, with the Rift tokens also worth over $200,000. Uh, uh, so it, you know, that's a very strong moment in a very short space of time. Um, and I think uh, given the range of of uh, projects that uh, the group has on the launch pad, uh, and obviously the first one with the Gibraltar Philatelic Bureau, I think Coincilium, fully funded too, is set for a very strong 2021. So just looking at um, I mean, the, the revenue figures here for the first half of last year, they're sort of looking at revenue around um, the sort of 140,000 uh, level. That was up um, from about 108,000 in the same period a year before. I mean, with these new um, agreements coming on and, 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 and ventures and, and investments, I mean, are we expecting to see uh, quite a jump in revenue from Coincilium in their, in, in their next update? Or is this really a case that we're looking at their portfolio and really sort of the, the value here is going to be created by the growth of these companies with, within uh, the investments that they've made and agreements that they've, they've had. And this is really one that we shouldn't be expecting too much from in the short term. But but really, when we're looking in, into the growth of, of crypto, of course, if it, if it does grow and, and continue to grow as it, as it has done in the last few months, um, that this is one very much for the future. Yes, yeah, certainly. I, um... I, I think that there's a bit of both there. Clearly, with the with the uh, asset it has, or the cryptocurrency asset it's sitting on, um, then then there is a there is a lot of nascent value within that. But um, but there's I, I, given the the growth in non fungible token sales, um, Coincilium, of course, will effectively earn revenues for selling um, for for selling the the non fungible tokens or from each sale of non fungible tokens. How much that will be, of course, uh, we don't know, but the company will be issuing trading statements and updates through the year from that. Um, but uh, but the, uh, it's also the, the company is also backed by uh, some very strong investors in the space too. Uh, has a very good team behind. It. Of course, Malcolm Palais is the um, uh, has been uh, the, the founder and um, the the the, uh, the 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 guy really behind driving the growth. Um, and of course, Eddie Travia, the CEO, is well respected in the in the finance industry as well, and has raised a lot of money in the past for finance ventures. So, so I think we're seeing um, the the really in, in in terms of evolution, we've had cryptocurrency, um, NFTs uh, are the digitization of assets, and I think this is this is the next growth area in the blockchain space. Um, and Coincilium has repositioned itself to really take advantage of this. Exactly how much, how many projects it will get away this year, we don't know yet. So uh, it's very much a blue sky play in that regard. But if the crypto, if the value of cryptocurrency keeps on rising, then given the rise in from January uh, 21st to to to, uh, to a few days ago in February, I think uh, you know the value of that. Uh, of the of the assets it's sitting on uh, and the assets it owns could um, could really uh, help help drive 
the growth in the share price this year, uh, even without um, any further contracts from NFTs. Indeed. Um, of course, as you mentioned there, I think very much linked with the uh, uh, the headlines with uh, with Bitcoin that's going on, a particularly relevant um, company to be discussing today. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bitcoin plays out and, of course, how that, that follows through into Coincillium's business. I'm sure one that we'll, we'll touch on through 2021 as we get uh, further updates. So um, just as a recap there, um, the, the companies discussed um, today, um, the most recent one, of course, there was Coincillium, which trades under the ticker of C-O-I-N. Um, there was Cadence Minerals that trades under the ticker of K-D-N-C and uh, the newly named um, Logistics Development Group that trades under the ticker of L-D-G. Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, Jonathan. Good to be here again. So just, just as a reminder, as I touched on at the beginning of the podcast, do visit the events page on the UK Investor Magazine uh, website, as well as the notes of this podcast for a link through to sign up to the Mast Energy Development IPO presentation, which is taking place next Thursday, the 18th of February. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.